It's good to see everybody tonight. I'm really excited to be able to go through John chapter 15 with you. This is a huge chapter. Jesus says so many things in this chapter, and and there's a lot of depth here. And, uh, (laughs) you know, Mark asked me to go 10 minutes, and when you read through chapter 15 of of the Gospel of John, I find that almost impossible, but I tell you what, we're going to do our best. And so what I want to do is I'm just going to read two, or actually, we're going to read the first uh, nine verses or so in John chapter 15. So if you've got a Bible ready, here we go. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So I guess we read 11 verses, not 9. So tell you what, let's pray real quick, and then we're going to just jump right in here, all right? God, we pray that tonight um, what we discuss here will be glorifying to you, um, pleasing to you, and that our time together will be helpful and useful to us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So within the context of our lives, um, just a couple of questions, just from this passage. There's, there's a word that just kept coming up in that reading of 11 verses that, that I'm sure you noticed it, I notice it every time I read this section of Scripture. And so we're just going to focus in on this one word. There's so much, there's deep theology in this section. There are a lot of questions that come out of this section. There are actually a lot of arguments between different theological camps that come out of this section. I'm not going to hit any of those, but if any of you would like to talk about those, shoot me a message, and sometime we'll sit down over coffee and we'll chat over it. I I love talking over this stuff. But there's one word that keeps coming up. There's a couple of things. One is it's bearing fruit, and the other is abiding. So I just got two questions I want to ask you. And these would be questions that you'll discuss later. In the context of our lives, what does it mean to bear fruit? Jesus makes a connection between bearing fruit, being fruitful, and abiding in him. So what do you suppose it means to abide in Jesus? You know, A.W. Tozer, I love reading A.W. Tozer's work, and he says that that John, the writer of this gospel that we're studying, is really the mystic of the New Testament, and I I agree with him on that. And one of the reasons why he says that is because John uses this language, abide in Christ as he abides in you. And it's one of those concepts that I think you really need to take time to ponder and really consider and really think about it and let your mind 
spend some time steeping on this idea of what it means to abide. What does it mean for you to abide in Christ? When you think about it, what, is it, what, is it, what does it look like to you? What comes to mind? You know, Eugene Peterson wrote a book, uh, and he calls it a long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the I'm pretty sure that's Eugene Peterson. So you might need to fact check that. But what he describes is that fruitfulness, like Jesus talks about that he desires of Christians, fruitfulness often comes not from just doing things once or twice, but by selecting a course of action, a system of living, a way of living throughout our lives that God has chosen us toward and just continuing in it and just keeping with it. You know, sometimes we do something for like 15 minutes and it hasn't borne any fruit and we're like, well, what else? <laughs> you know, and that's kind of, that's the nature of our world, isn't it? I mean, it's filled with things like, you know, schemes and gimmicks and things that uh, just permit us to, to get whatever it is we want instantaneously. You know, does anybody remember? I, and it's, it's hard to see responses, but I'll just ask the question and then you can decide in your own if you want to answer. But does anybody remember? You, might, you guys may all be too young for this. When you had to actually order Netflix on DVD and then wait for it to arrive at your house through the U.S. mail. Do you know that Netflix was the Ian, haha, <laughs> yeah, I see it. We used to have to do that. We had to wait for it. We had to wait for a DVD, a physical DVD, and you watched it and you mailed it back and you couldn't get another one until they received your DVD. We'll never wait for a movie again. That's the, that's the culture that we live in. That is no longer a part of our lives. Everything is instantaneous. We're not used to, and what it does is it creates inside of us this, this issue of we're just not used to abiding in much of anything. We move from story to story. We scroll through social media. We swipe right, swipe left. We demand that things happen right now. And listen, sometimes fruit takes a while. When you talk about being a viticulturalist and you're planting fruit and vegetables, you got to have some patience. There is a process to that. Look, if anyone knows this principle, it's athletes right? I mean, when it comes to practice, when it comes to gain, making gains in the weight room, we know the principle of, hey, a little a lot is better than a lot a little, right? There's a famous Kung Fu uh, story. It's a proverb about a man who visited a Shaolin temple. I wrote about this actually in, in my book, Coaching Life. And this man begged the monks to teach him Kung Fu for a year, so that when bandits returned to his village in the, in the next year, he knew that it was going to happen. They were going to re, be raiding his village. Again, he wanted to be able to defend his people. Well, the monks led this man out to a big trough of water that, that was full of water, and they showed him a strike in that water, and they told him to punch down into that water until there was no water left. Well, he immediately began punching the water. And each time he sent out a splash through the trough and onto the floor. But every time that water level would drop below half, a monk would come and have a bucket full of water and refill it back up again. Well, the man just kept doing what they told him to do, which was punch that water over and over and over again. Well, after a few months, he became frustrated and he decided that he would voice his dissatisfaction with his training to the monks. 
But each time, they just simply compelled him to continue doing that same thing over and over again. So he just would begrudgingly continue striking that water, and each time hoping that the monks would finally actually begin teaching him some kung fu, which is what he came to them for. Well, at the end of the year, he got all the way to the bottom of that pail, that trough, and there was no water left. No monk came and refilled the water. Well, he looked around thinking that, well, maybe this, something's actually going to happen today, but there was no monk inside. So he, he stormed into the room where the monks were all sitting around this large stone table just waiting for him. And they asked this man, hey, are you satisfied with your training? Well, he was angry at this point. He began shouting and he said, in all my time in this temple, I've learned nothing. I've wasted an entire year here on this pointless task. And he became so angry as he was talking that he struck down with his one strike onto that stone table and to his amazement, split it in half. Then one of the monks stepped forward, put his hand on the man's shoulder, and he said, do not fear the man who has practiced a thousand strikes once, but fear the man who has practiced one strike a thousand times. Consistency, repetition, practice, routine, discipline. We know these words as athletes. Let me add one. Abide. Abiding. For anyone who wants to grow and bear fruit in anything, it doesn't matter what it is, there is nothing more important than this truth, to abide, learn to abide. I love the fact that this week is Thanksgiving, and you have a few days, well, not all of you do. <laughs> I guess football players aren't going to have much time off. But for, you know, take some time during this holiday when there's no academics going on and just Ponder this. What does it mean to abide? Let me ask you, in fact, speaking of football players, let me ask you a question on the same principle. Which team would concern you more? The team that has a hundred different plays in their playbook and they practiced each one of those one or two times a week? Or the team that has maybe five plays in their playbook, but they practice those five plays relentlessly every day over and over and over again to absolute perfection? If you're a musician and you play music with any instruments, if you were to have five instruments that you wanted to learn and you practiced five instruments a week, one different instrument per day, so you practice five times a week, but it was a different instrument every day, how proficient do you think that you would be playing, at, at all, playing all five of those instruments after one year after having practiced those instruments only 52 times? But on the other hand, what if you practiced one instrument five days a week? How well would you be able to play that instrument after one year having had 260 practices on the same instrument? Which method do you suppose would make you a more accomplished musician? Which person do you think is physically stronger? The one that goes into the weight room, into the gym once a week and lifts the heaviest weights he possibly can for a, in the workout for, for you know, one time a week? Or, <laughs> or the one who goes every day and maybe makes small, consistent gains over an entire month, over an entire year, over five years, 10 years. We all know the answer to these questions. They're easy for us. And the reason why is because we've seen the results. 
We've seen the proof, right? We've seen the fruit, as Jesus says. Yet, when it comes to going deeper with Jesus and growing in our relationship with Christ, we continue to relegate that to a once-a-week or twice-a-week effort. Church on Sunday, maybe an AIA meeting on Monday, maybe crack the Bible open one morning. You know, it's no wonder Jesus uses this word so many times in these 11 verses, abide, abide. You know, one of the things I like to do whenever I'm preparing to preach is meditate. And not the Eastern concept where you empty your mind and try to become one with nothing, but the biblical concept of meditation, which is where you take a word or a phrase or a concept or a verse of scripture, and then you ponder that and you think about it. That's it. There's, a, there's an old, uh, uh, I, think, I believe it's a Benedictine monks, um, well, all kinds of monks throughout Christianity have utilized Lectio Divina, which is a, a means of praying the scripture and meditating on the scripture. And as you ponder that, you think about it, and you chew on it, and you wrestle with it just over a period of time. For example, you could take something like this phrase, what does it mean to abide in Christ? And just think about that for a couple of days that same phrase over and over again, or a couple of weeks, or perhaps even months or years, and you just keep praying about it, and you think about it. And so it begins to just steep in your soul, and God begins to instruct you through His Word, as that particular word is just always in the front of your mind. I mean, there is so much in this phrase, abide in Christ. I would just encourage you to spend the rest of your life prayerfully meditating on what does it mean for me to abide in Christ. I need to learn what it means to abide in Christ. And you know what? Ask yourself, when you find yourself in difficult situations, ask yourself, am I abiding in Christ? What am I abiding in? When you're faced with temptation to sin, ask yourself, am I abiding in Christ? What does it mean for me to be in Jesus and Jesus in me, as he says in this passage, that we have this relationship of loving unity and oneness, which he has provided through his grace for me, that he's provided on the cross? How does that look in my life today? Am I abiding in Christ or am I resisting that? Am I resisting these good things that he wants to give me? Am I refusing to obey him? Am I running away from his discipline? Am I rejecting the pruning that he has for me, that he's trying to bring to me as he talks about the beginning of this, this section? All of these things are part of the abiding process as you look at the whole teaching of John 15. So I just want to close with this. I would encourage each of you to just go through and read this entire chapter. Just study, take some time studying John chapter 15 because there's so much here, like I said. And one of the things that Jesus says happens when you abide in Christ, is, and we read about it toward the end here, uh, in like verse between verses 8, 9, 10, 11, is that you pray. You pray. You will want to pray. You'll, you'll, you'll ask God for anything, Jesus said. And what you find is when you're abiding, you find conversation with Jesus rather easy. Any of you find this to be true? That the, the more you abide in Christ, the more you tend to talk to him. I mean, and here, here's the truth. Let me tell you the truth. If any of you have ever struggled with prayer, what you're not struggling with is prayer. You're struggling with abiding. I find, for example, the more that I, the more I love my wife, April, she's on here tonight, the more I, the more I love her, like the more I, 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 I'm spending time with her and really investing in her, 
the more I speak with her, the more I talk with her, the more I want to talk with her about everything that I'm thinking and doing because all of my life is connected with hers, as the book of Genesis says, of, of husband and wife. We're one. And the same thing happens with God. The same exact thing happens with God. It's actually one of the reasons why I think he provides the marriage relationship for us so that we can see that as an illustration of what he desires. He calls us his bride all throughout the New Testament. The more you're abiding in Christ and that unity is developing and that relationship and that is being cultivated and nurtured, the more you just speak to God. It just happens. It kind of comes out. I mean, you may not even be consciously aware of it, you might just be at a place in your life where you just start, as Scripture says, to pray without ceasing. You just might be out running on the bike path, for example. You just out running on the bike path. You just start talking to God. Maybe you bring a request to Him. Or maybe you just tell Him how beautiful the trees and the hills are. Or maybe certain people come to mind as you're running and you decide to intercede on their behalf. Or maybe you decide that as everyone that you pass, you just you feel compelled to pray for the salvation of all the people you pass as you run along the path. It's just, it's just natural conversation. And before long, you don't even realize you're doing it. People think you're talking to yourself, but you know you're talking to your God. Just like you would be talking if a friend was running beside you. See, ultimately, that's, that's I think, what it means to abide. And, and, and just as a, a word of summary for this entire chapter, Jesus tells us there are many reasons throughout here that he mentions for, for abiding in him. Uh, he says, you know, if abide in him so that you'll bear good fruit, abide in him so that you'll pray in all things. And he kind of finishes this the section that we read anyway with abiding in him that our joy will be full, that his joy will be in us and that our joy will be full. And so let me just say this. If you struggle bearing fruit, if you struggle having joy, if you struggle, he talks about being loved and loving how it's reciprocated. If you struggle with that, if you struggle with prayer, what is it that you're really struggling with? Abiding in Christ. You see, all of those other things that we really want to have be part of our lives, if we struggle with those, those are just symptoms of a far greater issue. And so I would encourage you to just take some time over this Thanksgiving week to abide. I mean, really abide, to ponder what does it mean for you to abide? What is it going to look like for you to learn to abide in Jesus? Let me pray for you, and then someone will send us to discussion groups. God, I wish I had an hour and a half to talk about this tonight, because I would love to share so much more. And I pray that... Um, that by your spirit, you would help to, to take the things that I tried to speak really quickly and help them to make sense, but, but not so that I would receive any glory for that, but so that you would be better known by each person who is in this meeting with us tonight, Lord, that, that they would have a, a greater desire, a passion to truly want to know what it means to live in you and you in them, and that they would be able to see the fruit of what happens when they truly abide. How easily prayer becomes just part of everyday life. How they recognize that a relationship with you is just like any other friendship that they might develop here with people that they can actually see and touch and, and speak to and hear. 
Lord, we know that we can have that with you. And the reason we can have that with you is because your Holy Spirit is not just some force that's impersonal and then just flowing throughout the world. You are a person. You have put yourself inside of us to speak to us. You are personal and you know us and you want to have that relationship with us on a consistent daily basis. I really pray that you would help each person tonight if they desire to develop that, that you would help them with that. And if there's anyone here tonight that that does that just does not desire, I pray that you would break in. I pray that you would that you would awaken them, Lord, that you would maybe tonight just begin to plant seeds that uh, of that would begin to grow. We know sometimes this takes time. I mean, that's what that's what harvest springtime and harvest season does. There's a lot of time between that. There's a lot of things that go on. And so we trust you, Lord. We trust you. As we toss these seeds out tonight, we trust that you will water them. We trust that they will grow. We trust that they will bear much fruit. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys.